FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? What's up? This is Darkseid for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first... Let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX Show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulpamex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpamex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. I got a lot of tension. This way. to yank it more. A lot of tension. It's not yeah. great. Okay. I right. tried to pull it harder. I got unplugged. I'm going to go down below. Keep your gypsy diets away from me. Oh my gosh, I didn't miss that talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't wearing no fanny pack. That'd be sweet. You not putting your fucking seatbelt on when we drive, and the ding, 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 all the way to the fucking mountain bike place. Well, that bit you in the ass, didn't it? I didn't get my afternoon nap today. I know my truth. We're practically in California. He's just an ex-motocross racer. He has no degrees that I know of. He's not a scientist that I know of. 20 people. No. Let's go on a ride. No, don't do that. No, no, that sounds horrible. I don't want a bunch of people out there with me on trails. Yeah, that, no, that sounds terrible. All right, I guess it's time to do another Pulp MX wrap-up show. Obviously, I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. Tonight, I'm brought to you by Guts Racing. 
On the phone, typically I've got two guests. Right now we've just got one, but he's a good one. Second guest will be joining us shortly, we hope. Uh, on the phone with me from the Collective Experience, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, Mr. Dave Drakes. What's up, Dave? What's up, Dark Side Man? I haven't talked to you in a little while. It's been a minute, huh? Yeah, I guess we haven't actually saw it. Well, we had talked since Arlington, but uh, we I haven't yeah. had you on a show in a while. So it's good to get you back yep. in here, man. You're always up inside the sport. You know what's going on. Uh, a real wheeler and dealer inside the industry. <laughs> I try, man. I at least have the perception, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here, man. It's all an act. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk. I'm, some of the stuff we're going to talk about. I, I want to kind of mm-hmm. ask how some of the things that happen in Pulpmex relates to what you do with the collective experience, and we'll get to that. Um, I just want to let everybody know Seth Rarick was supposed to be joining us. He should be here in a little bit. He's been training today, and he had a business meeting come up. We pushed it back a couple hours. He's still on the phone. Uh, so hopefully Seth will be joining us shortly because I, I definitely have a lot of stuff for him. Um, we're going to discuss episode 460, Chris Kiefer, Jason Thomas in studio, plus the guests, obviously, Chad Reed. Kyle Chisholm came on when Kenny Watson couldn't make it. Uh, Robbie and RJ Wageman, a couple privateer heroes, of course, Heather Kiefer was in studio for uh, what should be a fun topic to talk about towards the end of this thing. Um, so, Dave, I, have you ever done a wrap-up show? I forget. I feel like you have. Yeah, I think I've done two or three with Yeah, you. yeah, I thought you had. Yeah, so, yep. you've been a long-time listener. Um, this was an episode with, I always say, like, my favorite shows are really the review shows with Weege and JT because they're three very close friends, awesome dynamic. Yep. I talk about the dynamic yep. of these guys all the time. Very similar with Kiefer and JT in studio. A bunch of friends busting balls. This is some of my favorite shows when it's the friends. Like, And, and the group of friends I'm talking about is Kiefer, JT, and Weeds, yep. pretty much, primarily. That group. Yep. Any, any combination of those guys with Steve always leads to laughter, busting balls, thinking somebody's going to get mad at something. What do you think? Yep. No, I, I agree 100%. And it's almost like you're watching buddies almost bench race because that's literally all they're doing. It's just yep. their bench racing is at super cost races. You know what I mean? They're inside information. Instead of being like, oh, yeah, this one guy took me out in a berm. It's like, oh, man, you heard this one contract deal from Plessinger, you know? So it's, it's just a different, I guess, level. But it's, it's essentially what we all do. I mean, I think that's why we feel so connected is because it's literally just talking to your buddies. And we all do that around the track anyway. So um, plus, it's funny because they can like slide in those little like, inside jokes and they're like, no yeah. no tell, tell the whole story tell the whole story <laughs> right right yeah all the embarrassing moments i mean it's I, I love that i'm just like you man anytime you get a group of buddies whether that's kate and a ray um or you know like you said weege and jt and these guys like it's it is it's so fun i mean look at look at the rv and, and weimer setup that was like hilarious and again it's just two buddies talking about moto you know yeah so. yeah it's funny you bring that up uh you know i generally am not supposed to talk about my show that much but Weimer mm-hmm. was on my show last night, and I was uh-huh. like, dude, I've got some pulp questions based off that episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, my question was like, how much of that show do you remember? And he sort of laughed. He was like, oh, uh, yeah, like the last <laughs> hour or two, not so much. So that was pretty funny. Uh, yep. talk, it's funny that you brought that up. And, and I, you know, I got a lot of shit on this show, the wrap-up show, for uh-huh. not liking that particular episode. Um I just didn't huh. dig it. Once they were once they were hammered, I was kind of out, but I was forced yeah. to listen. And yep. we, Weimer was like, "Dude, I tried to listen back and I couldn't take it." So <laughs> I was not yeah. alone, listeners. Uh, yeah. Weimer didn't like it either. 
So <laughs> you, you get a, you get a pass if the guy talking didn't like it either. I think you're allowed to not like. It. I hope so, man. I hope so. So I appreciate that. All right. So as I said, almost any experience with this group of friends, the situation of got these guys turns into show content. And Monday night, that was also an effect. Uh, they they went on a mountain bike ride, an e bike ride. Let's listen to what they had to say. So we're pedaling. It's windy as balls in Vegas. Thirty mile an hour winds. We got a headwind. Little JT's getting blown all over hell from the wind. I'm, I'm riding behind him. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was getting blown all over. It's whatever. We get there. We ride. Psst, thought it was a fucking rattlesnake. It was a blown tire. Do you want to fix this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll fix it. And he's like, nah, let's just go back to the to the uh, bicycle store, which is right there where we, where we park and go. And I agree. So I ride a couple miles back. Can I purchase a tire as well as uh, can you, you know, hook this up for me? I don't got time. I look over at JT and Steve, and I go, hey, they don't have it. Uh, he's not going to do it. Homeboy doesn't have time. I'll change it. I don't like that answer, by the way. Hold on. I, I hate that answer. <laughs> JT's like, well, that was good enough for me. Yeah. He, that was, that's, well, that's, hold that's, on. That's JT's good like, enough for me. JT's like, yeah, I'm good if you guys are. Like, I'm good. Well, okay. Well, slow down. Okay. I can't. Slow down. This is one, it's 1.15 p.m. Oh, my God. Okay. We have a show that starts at 5. We are... Way the hell over there. We're practically in California. Oh my god! <laughs> right? If he was out in the desert, if we put him in the desert, he, naked and afraid, he'd fucking die. Yes, that's a fact. But you've always been like, ah, I crash on mountain bikes. So yeah. I don't really like them. I do. You know what I mean? I, I don't. Yeah, I've never like you. You've, you've bailed out of a few mountain bike rides since you've come here. All right, Dave. So, uh, first <laughs> question I have for you is, yeah. If you were, let's say you were invited in studio for this particular episode and you get the uh-huh. invite to go on an e-bike ride or, or hell, to play golf or anything with this group of guys, yeah. like, would you have any trepidation that, man, no matter what happens, I'm going to get blasted on the show later on. Like, it's, it's. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, literally the whole time I'm like, all right, I'm everything I do is going to be under a microscope. Yeah. From here on out. The second I touch whatever the equipment is that we're going to be on, <laughs> eyes are on you. It's going to be brought up. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would I would expect to literally have everything scrutinized because I know what's going to end up on the show. Yeah. Poor JT. Like he, he's, <laughs> I'm good. He, he's worried about a schedule. Like JT seems to be yep. very business oriented. So he's like, hey, yep. it's one o'clock. We have a show in four hours. We could yep. take an hour to fix the bike and then go ride for two hours. We're going to be pushing it. Oh, no, no. Yep. That, so they they got to turn it into, yeah, JT just really didn't want to ride mountain bikes. He's scared. Uh, you know, so always, no matter what they do, man, they, I, like, I really feel like you can put those guys in any situation. I don't know. Think of uh-huh. the most boring. They're going to go to the DMV to get driver's license renewed. It's going to yeah. turn into a hell of a story. Somebody's yep. going to do something wild. Something crazy is going to happen. Uh, it just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like if you had these group, this, these group of guys together that we've talked mm-hmm. about already weeds or whatever, whatever it, no matter every week, I don't know if we could ever get tired of it. It's always going to be something new. Oh, definitely. They could, and they, it could be super mundane. They're going to find something. They could yeah. take a walk in the park every damn day and every day is going to be <laughs> right. something completely different where Weege is picking up pennies on the ground because he's so cheap <laughs> Perfect. or, yeah. you know, or like, or somebody's like, walking you know, too slow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No matter what it is, you know, you know, math isn't like the way the wind's blowing. There's going to be a storm. Yeah. So, no, no matter no matter what happens. Man. But I honestly, I kind of feel JT in the mountain bike deal because like I'm building a mountain bike. I'm, I've gotten pretty big into it lately. And holy crap, I am so much more timid on the mountain bike. I'll look for any excuse 
to just go the shortest route <laughs> and pack it up, man. Like jumping a 450 feels way, way more simple, way yeah. more natural than jumping a freaking e-bike or like a, or a mountain bike. I don't care. It just, to me, it's the scariest thing in the world. So I, I kind of feel JT in that regard, man. Yeah, I, I, w- I wish Seth was on here right now because I know he cycles a lot. Um, yeah. I, I do not. I have a road bike. I have a mountain bike, and I hardly ever ride them. Um, oh, but okay. I would like to ask Seth about, I guess I'll ask you though, but like at the beginning, uh-huh. so Chris gets a flat, he goes to the bike shop and the guy's like, yeah, I don't have time. What kind yeah. of bike shop is this? I mean, exactly. Is it, maybe he's just shorthanded and there's hundreds of people that ride this truck. Cause they said it was real close to the trail. So yeah. maybe he was just overwhelmed, but like, I'm thinking, how do you tell somebody, no, I can't fix your tire at a bike shop. Exactly. And it, it, it also, like, if it was a moto shop, like, okay, I get it. You know, it takes, it takes, you know, even good guys, you know, a couple minutes, whatever. And, you know, you're wrenching, you're pulling. It's, it's a pain. Bicycles, you can do that with your freaking finger, man. You figure these guys have it down to a, to a <laughs> yeah. science. Like, it takes literally two minutes, and there's no, really, no tools you really need, you know? Um, again, the, the e-bike might have a little bit harder carcass than a traditional mountain bike. But still, I mean, it, way more simple than, than a dirt bike tire. So, yeah, that, he didn't. I don't know. That guy must have either been in a bad mood or, like you said, super busy, or maybe he just didn't like Kiefer. Maybe he gave him some wrong settings, some some wrong Blue Crew settings on his new 450 or something. (laughs) Some some bad Kiefer after dark advice at some point. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it didn't work out for him. Right. So what about at the end of that conversation, Chris said, hey, man, you should do like a pre-pulp ride. You know, and he was basically like, hey, have listeners or whoever, 20 people come out. And, dude, would you expect anything less right away? Steve's like, no, I don't want to do that. Nope. Even JT was like, that sounds terrible. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, like in, in my, in my mind, like I 100% would think that like, um, you know, like Steve would want to hang out with as many of his fans, all these, all these great people, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's typical, typical, typical Steve, you know, Steve, Steve likes to keep things a little more separate, which I understand. I mean, he's, you don't want to get bombarded too much, but yeah. I mean, if that was me, I'd be like, heck yeah, dude, let's go a hundred strong. Let's hit the trails and have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's yeah. funny during the, at some point, I don't, I think it was during this conversation. No, it had to be later, but they were asking about, somebody asked Steve, like who the worst person who, who's got an e-bike ride or a mountain bike ride with him is. And he said, Chris Betts. And I am so yeah. glad the one time I was invited out there, we did not have time to go on a ride. Cause Steve actually mentioned it. Like, Hey, if you'd had more time, we could have went on a ride, dude. And I told him, I said, I would ruin your time because I am in, I'm not overweight, but I'm in horrible shape. I don't know if it's the punctured yeah. lungs, but I get winded so fast. Like uh-huh. it would have been like a 10 minute ride. I'm like, I'm out, dude. <laughs> I'm done. <Yeah. laughs> so I'm very, very glad that I didn't have, didn't get that experience because I'm sure I would have been fucked with forever for ruining Steve's time. Um, okay. So look, Last weekend, no race. We're going on two full weeks without racing. Not a lot of racing stuff to talk about this week. So they, they kind of go back and recover Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac, Kenny Rocks, and the top three guys. What's going on with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's listen to a little audio real quick. Cooper Webb, we're looking good. Yeah. Beast mode. Right? Yeah. And, and I don't see, like, so people are saying, oh, Day- Tomac's the king of Daytona. These Atlanta tracks are not Daytona. These are soupy. They're yeah. gonna be well. It's gonna be, it's gonna be like Charlotte. People are talking about Tomac and these Atlantas and a chance to get back into this. 
No, no. I just I don't see it. It's going to be soupy. I mean, Tomac could win. There's not saying he can't win. But back in the championship, no. Yeah, these don't, these races don't favor Tomac like a Daytona. I don't think anybody's going to slow down this web guy. No, even if Tomac is on fire, if I think it's, out, it's, it's too far matter. gone. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. too far yeah. gone. I think we'll see a different Kenny. A little bit, some little changes. Huh? Um, so I'm not saying he's going to be tons better, but I think he'll. Yep. He'll be a little bit mentally relaxed. I think he got a little bit of a rest. I think he needed some of that. I think he needed a reset. So if this helps anyone, I think this helps Kenny more than Cooper. I personally just think Coop is in a place where he's found his stride now, and I think he can manage it. Even if Kenny has a great night and Coop has to settle for whatever, I think he'll bounce back. And whatever edge that Kenny had early in the season, it just seems like mentally now Webb is kind of like, that's okay. You can get the whole shot. Whatever. Like, I'll, I'll see you in about 15 minutes. I would tend to think that Cooper improved a little bit and Kenny dropped off a little bit because Tomac's now in that mix as well, and he really wasn't. I believe that he feels like he owns Kenny right now. In my opinion, a two-week break is always healthier. I think it's, it always helps the person chasing. Um, I think that in, in some cases it helps Kenny because he got to stop the bleeding. He ain't freaking out, and he's just having fun. I call bullshit. Losing ain't fun. <laughs> All right, Dave. So, again, um, we've they've already really talked about this over the last few weeks. Yep. For the most part, the guys feel like Cooper's, Cooper's going to win this championship. It seems like, barring any kind of catastrophe, that mm-hmm. he's inside Kenny's head. I tend to agree with that. Uh, you know, Chad Reed had a pretty good point that, hey, the chaser – Gets a little bit of advantage, or the time off helps that person more. Kenny, maybe Cooper, maybe Cooper's, you know, like settled in, thinking, "Oh, I don't really need to push extra right now." And maybe Kenny gets a chance to regroup. Um, give me your thoughts on what they had to say, because I, I feel like overall the consensus is Kenny or Cooper is the guy right now. He's the most likely to win this championship. You feel like, and do you feel like Tomac is out? Um, I, I, I agree. I think Tomac or. Um... Uh, Webb's in the in the in the driver's seat right now for the championship, and I'm just as a as a Roxon fan, I'm just so flabbergasted. Uh, big word um, <laughs> because just just of the momentum shift that like Kenny had such a huge like just uptick in confidence and momentum, and it was his, and then Webb just came in and and, and grabbed it, and um, you know he he worked for it. Webb wasn't given anything, um, so I definitely agree that that you know this is essentially Webb's. It's just like the rest of the motor world. I, it's, it's obvious. Um, I do, however, I think Kenny does very well when it comes to, like, recouping and taking time to, like, freshen up. Mm-hmm. Anytime he takes any time off, he usually comes back rejuvenated. Um, so I'm I'm a little uh, – I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Again, as, as a Roxon fan, I think the uh, the statement that, you know, the most person that's going to benefit most is Kenny, that's 100% true. Um, I also think it's going to help a person like Barsha, who, again, it was super new to the, to the gas gas, and he's going to have just that much more um, time to, to tweak things and get the bike working right and to find a new setting. Um, and it goes for any guy who's newer to the, to the, to the bike that he's on, you know? Um, so I think, uh, I think we're going to see a handful of guys start to really start surprising us. But uh, I'm really hoping that Kenny uses his two weeks just to kind of reset, clear the mind, go back to, you know, what was working for him when we had that sit in Indy. And he was knocking them off one by one, get those starts dialed, and then just sprint your ass off, run away. Right. Let those guys figure it out, you know, and <laughs> throughout the race, let me tangle up and battle while you're out front running away. Um, yeah, I, I, I really I really hope that happens. But, you know, time will tell, and, and 
let's just hope the two weeks we're good to him. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that you, you kind of agreed with Chad on that. And I was sitting there thinking, like, well, last year we had a lot. I don't even remember what the, the time off was between Daytona and Salt Lake City. It had a huge gap. Yeah. And then Kenny yeah. was not that much. I mean, he, of the three top guys, yep. I think he was the worst of the three after that time off. So I don't know that I totally buy into that being the case. Chad yeah. definitely knows more than I do. Um, yeah. What what kind of stood out the most to me, though, was Chris seemed to know something. Like, he'd heard something. There's going to be some changes. I don't know if that's bike-wise or if Kenny's doing something, you know, training-wise. But I just felt like Kenny yeah. or Chris knew something. Maybe it was just an opinion that, that maybe we do need to look for, though, come – Saturday that that's what I'm more yeah. standing out to me yeah um he, it definitely yeah he, he's got some insider information he's not sharing yeah, all the way, that, but, yeah, yeah um but, you know to, to your point like yeah Kenny did have like a little bit of a or a lot of bit of a of a almost like a backward step when we did resume for the Salt Lake rounds but I almost look at that as like a weird one-off case because the guys had no idea when they would even go racing again they had, they had no idea if we were be racing first race a1 2021 we didn't know if we were going racing a week after. We didn't know. Everything was just up in the air, right? So I think a lot of guys almost lost, like, that mental edge, like that, you know, like competitor's edge um, that they have to work hard for. And there's some riders that really don't have to work hard for it, like a Cooper or, or maybe even an Eli. But I feel like, um, you know, if you take Kenny off of routine, it might be a little difficult for him to continue to, you know, to, to, to ride with the same veracity and have yeah. the same mindset. So. I bet you half those guys were like in vacation mode when they were <laughs> right, like, oh, right. we're, going, "We're going racing again," and he's like, "Oh crap, that's I'm true." Just donuts, and you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It, it could be a one-off deal where two weeks, like that's just perfect enough amount of time where you get your bike dialed, you kind of take a rest for a few days, um, you go back to the drawing board, talk to your team, figure out what what you need to work on, and then execute. And it's not that much of a lull to where you know you're going to get too rusty. Um, so yeah, and again, it might favor him. Um, we'll, we'll see on Saturday, either I'm crying or I'm happy. So we'll, <laughs> Fair enough. We'll see. <laughs> so I want to bring this back around again to the pulp show. As I said, two weeks off, there hasn't been any races like, okay, every episode there, there may be something that we're not into, right? Like I'm not a big e-bike guy. So when he starts talking about e-bike stuff, I tend to zone out a little bit. Uh, there's been, yeah. there's been when Betts is on, he starts talking about baseball. People sometimes complain they're not into it. I really didn't care about this particular conversation so much because it's already been discussed for weeks and weeks and weeks, and there was no race to last weekend to get new information. So when they rehash a conversation like this because there's time off, does it bother you, Dar? Would you would you have been okay if there had been no race talk at all since there was no racing? Just talk about other stuff. Um, I think... And if there's no race talk, you got to give me something that still fulfills that same like racing itch. So whether that's silly season chatter or, hey, I have, you know, there's this new bike coming out in a couple of years and no one knows about something, you know, even though that's kind of far fetched. But yeah, yeah. something like that, that still gives me that sense of like, um, I still feel like I'm getting insider information. I'm still I feel like I'm behind the velvet rope in the pitch, you know, that same sort of aura without maybe talking about race results and all the other stuff. Um, but, you know, as. As the you know a, a fan of the uh, you know the mountain biking and e-bike type stuff, it was cool for me to hear that. Um, I, I I will agree, it kind of gets long in the tooth sometimes, especially for guys who aren't in into the into that sport. So uh, I, I can definitely see what you're saying, but I mean I I feel like for me, um, it's I'm I'm still I'm still getting a lot out of it that, that keeps me enjoying. You know what I mean? Sure. Especially yeah, just... when they had read on. When they had read on, I was like I was glued in, man. That was 
that was awesome. I, I love that part. We're going to talk about that obviously in just a yeah, few yeah, minutes yeah. to, yeah. to finish up with the, uh, Cooper Webb rocks and talk. They went back to discussing again, Cooper being in his head a little bit. Should Kenny have gotten more aggressive with him? Same talk we've had for a couple of weeks. And yeah. Chris really didn't, you know, he, he brought up what McGrath said. I believe it was on race day live where McGrath had said like, Hey, Kenny needs to give him the business a little bit, you know, get aggressive with him. And, and uh, yep. Chris did not agree, which I found that an interesting take because I think, I think the majority of people do feel like if he, if he doesn't get aggressive with Cooper, then he's mind fucked by Cooper basically. But, but yep. Kenny or uh, Chris didn't really agree with that. You know, he thinks, well, oh, what's the point? It could do more damage. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, JT says, Hey, he has to find a way to JT didn't agree with Chris. He need he says Kenny needs to find a way to stand his ground. So differencing of differences of opinions. What say you? What do you think? Who do you agree with? Um, I definitely agree with the notion that he needs to uh, that, that he needs to to ride more aggressive. I don't think he, he should you know take him out or go out to the front wheel or do that cat and mouse thing that a lot of two fifty guys have. Right. You know, and they're taking to the front wheel out. I do think that you need to show the guy like I'm here also. Like you're not just going to ride around the outside of me and pull me by a few seconds, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to keep bullying me. I think he needs to show some sort of aggression. You can ride a guy high in the berm. You know, you can show him a fender. You can you can start rubbing and doing all this other stuff um, without riding, I guess, quote-unquote, dirty. And yeah. if you look back to, like, you know, the what I call the golden era when I was coming up through, you know, the moto, you had, we, you had the, the RC, Ricky, Wyndham, James sort of battles were like, yeah, they were respecting each other. And, yeah, they got into it a few times. But when they rode, they rode aggressive. They were like, you know, I'm going to ride you high in the burrow. I'm going to take your line away. I'm not going to do anything that's going to, you know, be super damaging or, or take us both out. But I'm going to ride I'm gonna ride aggressive. I'm going to continue to keep being that, that annoying gnat in your ear. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that Kenny's lacking. Kenny is just like, oh, well, if you're faster, uh, I'm, I'm not going to ride you high in the burrow. I'm not going to take this line away from you. And how many times have we seen opportunities where it's like, Kenny, block him, block the guy, yeah, like yeah. run him higher or run that line wide or cut in the inside. Come on, you know. Um, I think he needs to do a lot more of that just just to be able to show Cooper that he has what it takes to be there too. Because, I mean, it's almost looking like, and I hate to say it, almost looking like he's like, like, like a pushover almost. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm not with the notion of, of, oh, I think he's fine. He's riding, you know, we're doing the best he can. No, dude, you got you to gotta put that guy in the berm, uh, show him a wheel, uh, you know, pick the line away, do some stuff like that. Again, without getting black flagged or doing anything crazy, um, you know, but let the guy know you're there. Yeah, well, like Steve said, though, he, it, it seems like Kenny just wants nothing to do with that. And I think I brought this up on a previous wrap-up show in the same discussion. Let me ask you, the la- do you remember the what was the last time that Kenny did try to get aggressive with Cooper? You remember what happened? Oh, was that San Diego when he got his wheel? Yeah. The, the sand cut in the wheel? That's yeah. That's got to be yeah. in your head a little bit, don't you think? It, yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. But at the same time, I wonder if that's like, if, if that's like a one-off weird event, you know what I mean? I wonder if uh, if Kenny can kind of separate the two. Like, oh, that was just a one weird incident. It's not going to happen again. I've learned from it. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a better rider since then. I wonder if there's still a way to have, find a happy medium where you can still do stuff like that right. without a super negative outcome of, oh, you know, I broke my my wrist again for the whatever a million times, you know? Yeah. Um, I, so I, I think I think there's a way to do it without actually messing you with the other guy up super bad. I would think there is, but – Okay, look, you may not know this. I've never been a professional athlete. I've never raced at that level. (laughs) 
So I, I don't know yeah. what goes through their mind, but as yeah. an amateur racer, mm-hmm. that would go through my mind. Like the, the, yeah. the big crash, everybody knows about my last big crash. It's been talked yeah. about and made fun of on pulp. Like mm-hmm. that goes through my mind every time I ride now. Yeah. And there, there has to be a little bit of that in the back of Cooper's mind. Maybe not. Maybe he mm-hmm. just totally blocks it out. But I feel like that's a little bit of an effect that may be affecting his judgment or decision-making in those processes. Maybe he's like, hey, last time it screwed me. I'm going to race the way I race, which is you know smooth and technical, and just that's what I'm going to do. And I don't, you know, who knows? There's, he's not going to ever give us a straight answer probably, and all we yeah. can do is talk about it. Steve and the guys talk about it. Uh, I did just get a text from Seth Rowe. So we're going to do this Michelin commercial real fast and then take a quick break and get Seth on. But Dave, we, we've talked about mountain bike riding, and I know you know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp Mech Show. Now I'm excited yeah. to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. And speaking of Michelin, I do want to bust these balls just for a moment. He mentioned the contest at motorsport.com that if you go buy some Starcross 5s, you get a free set of Michelin tubes. That deal was only in March. Randy said that when he when he announced the deal. Steve just, you know, he, he doesn't have control of all his stuff. He doesn't always know what's going on within the Pulp Empire. That's why he needs his great employees like Marks and myself and Tits to, to, to fix things, to make things right. Anyway, I'm going to pause the show for just a moment. We'll be right back with Seth Rarick. Dad, want to have a figure eight? That's what you got to do. That's all right, we are back and on the line with me. Oh man, he uh, he's a, he's a few minutes late. Former pro racer and current trainer, brought to you by Guts Racing, Seth Rarick. What's up, dude? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, yeah, I, I need to take all the heat I can get for being late because that's uh, I try not to be, but yeah, I had an obligation and went went uh, overtime, but I'm I'm all good now. Hey man, doing business, it's all good. I know you're busy out there training. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, in text you were working with Pierce Brown today. Yeah, yeah. How's I'm Pierce out, doing? I'm here and <clears throat> he's good to go. He'll be lining up in Atlanta this weekend. Sweet. Uh, or I should say for the next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he's good to go. We just had a little mishap there at Dallas. Ended up not being too big of a deal, but he missed a couple weeks on the bike. But, yeah, I'm actually out in California right now with him. And uh, he's uh, he's heading to Atlanta tomorrow. So you'll see him back on the line this weekend. And then I'm, uh, I'm actually going to stay on the West Coast till end of Supercross. And then, uh, you know, make my way back down to Florida. Okay. Okay. He'll, he'll probably come along too for the whole outdoor, you know, outdoor series. So I, I yeah, dig looking Pierce. forward to it. I dig Pierce, man. We, he's a good kid. Um, he's awesome. And I need to correct. You are actually brought in by seal savers, not guts racing. So I apologize for that. Um, okay. So Seth, I told you off air that we had already discussed the mountain bike segment, but you, you had some thoughts. So I'm going to give you, give you the reins. Um, yeah, it was just one thing when I listened to it. Um, I don't remember if it was Mathis or Kiefer, but they were giving JT shit about almost crashing and being sketchy on the e-bike and this and that. And 
uh, JT clearly uh, cycles all the time. Right. I fully back JT on this because number one, I'm not the biggest e-bike fan. Uh, I'm a fan <laughs> for you know get, if it gets guys on two wheels and gets them active and you know healthy lifestyle. I'm all for it. Um, but elite athletes riding e-bikes, like yeah, no, I'm not not the biggest fan of that. Um, so that means that I've only ridden an e-bike twice my entire life. Uh, and my first time on e-bike, I felt like I've never ridden a bicycle my entire life. I was almost crashing everywhere because, uh, when you're, um, I forget how JT worded it, but when you're not pedaling, um, you're obviously, you're not, you're not expecting to still be moving forward or the yeah. e-bike. It's like, I don't know if it's the inertia or what it is, but the bike's still wanting to roll forward. And then any little slight pressure of the pedals, it amplifies that. You know what I mean? So like you got, I, I don't know. I, I felt really sketchy. Like the thing is just, it's, it's like, uh, if a dirt bike was an automatic, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I get you, that. You, 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 you don't know what gear you're in. Uh, I just felt really stupid when I rode an e-bike. <laughs> I did not enjoy it at all. Um, so I got Jensen's back on this, man. I'm, I'm kind of anti e-bike a little bit. Okay. And, uh, and I, I saw him sketchy and as yeah, I'm, I'm not faulting JT. I'm not sketchy on two wheels. I, I, I rode the <laughs> e-bike just down Steve's road and I was like, Oh, this would take some getting used to. Uh, so I can feel that. Um, I think it, is it, does it anything like riding like a jet ski where like you get off the throttle and it won't turn or like, is it, it's just sort of awkward. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward. Like I don't, I don't really know how to put it in the words. Like yeah. I rode one and you, you actually, uh, when I was in Utah last year, I rode on with Pierce. And oh, it was yeah. like this, this like rock garden section and on a normal mountain bike. Like I've, I cycle all the time. I think I'm pretty decent on a bicycle. I know where to use my body weight and you know what, when to obviously when to pedal, but when to how hard to push the pedals. Okay. I got to bunny hop this rock, really that rock at a right, left, climb this hill. Like I know where to put my weight and on an e-bike, it's like, the bike's always wanting to roll forward when sometimes you're not wanting to roll forward. All right, I'm going to stop and cut left to get around this. Oh and yeah. yeah. Still, still going forward. And then any little pressure, like sometimes you're using, you put a little pressure on the pedals just to le- get your lean angle the other way, not to go forward just to get your <laughs> lean angle. But on an e-bike, if you any pressure on those pedals, it's matching the, the wattage you're putting down. So then it's double, it's double the amount of pressure you're trying to put and you're moving forward instead of turning. If that makes sense. So it's it, it like, does. It, yeah, it totally threw me off. I did not enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I did not enjoy it at all. Um, yeah. So you won't really catch me on an e-bike anytime soon. Okay. Well, I don't know if you've looked on social media, but Steve got his pedal bike and he rode it today. And his, his comments were, I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought the minimal, I don't remember what the setting is he rides the e-bike on, but it's the minimal. I think he said, I thought it was just helping me a little bit. And it was obviously helping me a lot. He's like, this is hard. I might be getting rid of this thing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you, you can't, uh, you can't hide on a, yeah, on a real bike. But uh, that's I'm, funny. I'm, I'm, all for, I'm all for him. I'm happy for Steve. He seems like he's, you know, since kind of changed his life a little bit. Absolutely, so I'm, I'm cool with that. Just for, I feel like you know, for a pro athlete or, um, you know, let's say if I was to go on a bike and try to crush guys on group rides, it's like, dude, come on. I mean, there's, there's people out there that do that and that's what kind of gets me fired up. Yeah, that's funny. I get it. I can totally understand that. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I'm going to save the Chad Reed stuff for just a little bit longer. Uh, but Kenny Watson, 
was supposed to be on the phone. He canceled. I, I hope Kenny's okay. I, I asked Mathis if he was okay and didn't get a response, but he canceled. So they did a Twitter poll on who they should call to take his place. You were one of those guys, Seth, that was mentioned. But I heard that, yeah. My boy Chiz, who is always a fantastic interview, in my opinion. He's an easy interview. But Chiz was on, talked about a stock bike, uh, which Dave, man, super impressive, right? What he's doing on a stock bike. I loved how he broke it down, discussed like why it's better for him. Uh, you know, I just I, I think a lot of us, like me as an amateur, a lot of my buddies are like, oh, I gotta do I gotta mod my bike out. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And like we're slow as shit. But they want to do everything they can do to make their bike faster. And a guy like Chiz, who is so fucking just consistent, and he's like, yeah, I, I wanted to slow it down. I mean, I, I love that conversation with him. And real quick, the reason I say he's such a good interview is you give him a little a little question, and he goes, man. He just yep. he talks and he talks and he talks. And it's not rambling usually. Sometimes it is, but it's it's good stuff. But anyway, what do you think of Chiz? No, I I love whenever Chiz is on, man. He's he's super great to hang out with in the pit. Really great on interviews, all that other stuff, man. I I, I really do what he has to say. And like, if a lot of people are sleeping on this guy, the fact that he just like kills it with literally just like race gas, a chain, sprocket, <laughs> yeah. and like tires, it's it's ridiculous. It makes all of us like you know all the guys like you said. I go out there and I buy the pipe and the suspension and this one motor mount because it helps me flex a little bit. It doesn't matter, dude. No. It does not matter. It just, it's just little excuses I'm allowed to give myself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it just, it just, it's so badass, man. It, it just, I think it just adds to the legend that is, you know, Chiz when you uh, hear, hear that stuff. So. I agree. It's badass, man. I'm such a Chiz fan. It's so awesome. Yeah. And Seth, he, Kiefer also brought up, the, he brought up, hey, how cool would it be to see Kyle get a, a chance to ride the Star Yamaha? Let's listen to that and we'll talk about it. It'd be, it'd be cool to get Chiz on a star Yamaha and see how he would do. Like, you know? He might he might freak yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is it really? I mean, Chiz, honest, would Chiz be a little bit better? We don't better. know. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't. So I'll be honest. Like, I don't think I would. What would make me better, and I think any rider for the most part, is like the full package of that program or any program of that caliber. It's not just the bike. Right. It's like, okay, here's what it is. Now we have all these resources to try all this stuff, the program, the focus on just riding or whatever. You know, that's what – it wouldn't be just like hop on this bike. Oh, my gosh, this bike is so much better as soon as I hopped on it. Now I'm getting top tens every week. I don't think that would be the case. If anything, I might be worse. But then with time, building the program, getting used to the guys, then knowing what I want. It, like the, the ceiling is higher with that program. But right off the bat, I don't think – you would just jump in and be like, oh, no, I'm a top five guy. All right, Seth, see, this is another thing that I love that he said because, again, the average person would go, oh, I'm going to jump on this bike. It's so much better. I'm just going to be better, which maybe that's the case to some degree, but Kyle really broke it down where it's really not so much the bike. It's everything you get. It's you know, it's it's the, the booking agency probably, right? Booking your flights. You don't have to do that yourself. It's all – that comes with a team, and you work with a lot of these type of teams. You see it day in and day out. What do you agree yeah, with him? One thousand percent. When he said that about, he actually admitted that he doesn't think he'd be better right off the bat. Yeah. Neither do I. Uh, number one, going from a stock YZ four fifty to a factory, especially with a Yamaha, I've seen a much bigger change. The Yamaha is, I'd say, the biggest from mm -hmm. stock form to a factory bike. It's it's not like going from 
a Ford to a Chevy. It's going from a dirt bike to a spaceship. It's that <laughs> big of a difference. Love it. Okay. Um, so I agree with him uh, a thousand percent. Um, the biggest thing I love what he said is it's the whole program, the whole package that would make him better. Like for him to get back, if say he shows up to Atlanta, star Yamaha, I doubt he'd be any better. In fact, he might be a little worse if he just gets thrown on that bike. Yeah, I think he said that too. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm a firm believer in, and I know this from when I race. If if you're riding a piece of shit, it, it, if you have a lot of time on that piece of shit, you know exactly how that piece of shit's going to react in all conditions. So you can ride it to the best of its abilities. Could you be better on another bike? Absolutely, but not. You're not going to hop on it and be better. You're used to riding this, you know, terrible thing and you get on something amazing. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's in this situation. It's just an analogy. You're used to riding something that most people would say is terrible. Right. You get on something great for you. It's like, it's like, Whoa, what, what is this? You don't know how the bike's going to react, where, you know, where the meat of the power is, what gear to hit this in, you know, how hard you can get on the gas there. Like, yeah, everything is entirely different. Um, but the entire package would help him. Um, whether that is, you know, the, the crew of people over there that they have, you know, obviously suspension, engine, chassis, all the guys, smart guys they have, you know, whoever his mechanic would be. And the other side of things too, cause I've, you know, I have a lot of experience being around that team and worked with those guys back in the day is, is, um, the whole training side of things as well. You know what I mean? Like, cause they, the star team is, it's a full package. You right. know, do everything, everything together, you know, Swanee's a team trainer, you know, Brad Coker, Will, they all do a great job over there. Um, so yeah, I think the whole package would help him in that in return, like he said, would make his ceiling higher, but no, to hop on that thing straight off the bat, it, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think it would make a difference really at all. Yeah, I thought that that's great because I, in my mind, I would have probably said, well, hell yeah, he'd be better, you know, because I obviously don't, I've never been in that position. So I would have thought so. So I think it was a great call uh, to get Chiz on the phone. I think it went really well. I'm really stoked that he was, he was the guy that got the, I don't know if he won the poll, but he, he's who they picked. And I thought it was fantastic. Um, Seth, I want to ask you this. I've had a chance to ask Dave this before. You're you're a longtime listener, a pulp. I, I don't know how how long have you been listening. Um, of uh, I couldn't. I don't even know to be honest. But For years. I mean, oh, oh, well, yeah, but I'm more of a. Uh, and Matt, Mathis knows this. I mean, I listen to. Um, obviously, I listen to this one. I listen to some interviews here and there, but mm-hmm. I'm a big pulp guy when it comes to his one on ones with like the old racers. That's a really. Um, I feel like I was born in the wrong era almost. I know more about. <laughs> I know more about racing in the nineties than I do today. I feel like, oh, so that's cool. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the one-on-ones, but yeah, the pulp show, like, I mean, I'm obviously friends with Steve, so I'll listen to certain interviews here and there. And then I've obviously been on a few times. So, uh, but yeah, off and on, I've listened for years. So I want to ask you this and you do a lot of traveling and Dave, you do too. You go to a lot of the races. I, mean, I assume you do a lot of traveling Seth. maybe not so much this year, but how much of an impact or how, how much easier, how does it benefit you to have the pulp shows, the, the pods to listen to? Does it make it just like travel? Because travel can be a pain in the ass if you have to do it every weekend. That's what we hear from all the riders, all the teams, like the travel is the worst part. But like if you have this little thing to look forward to when you get on a plane or whatever, I would assume it, it makes it just a little bit better. Uh, yeah, for me, surprisingly, you might be you might be surprised with this answer, but for me, it's uh, the training. It helps me a oh, lot. Okay. I, do, I do a lot of cycling and running. Um, 
on my own. I obviously cycle with the guys. I'm obviously don't have headphones in with them, but I do a lot of stuff on my own time. Um, and depending on the day, if it's going to be not a very high intensity day, because for days like that, I listen to you know music, good music. But uh, if it's just something mellow, if I'm out there cycling two, three, four hours by myself or an hour, hour and a half run uh, first thing in the morning, and uh, I'm not quite up to listening to rock music at that hour, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll throw some uh, some form of a podcast on um, as far as moto related. You know, math is kind of only guy I listen to, but. Yeah, I, I, I love it. It gives me, gives me uh, something to uh, kind of jive to a little bit. You should try the Pony Pod someday, but that's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you. Uh, uh, no, I meant, I meant the Pulp Network, sorry. Okay. Pulp, Pulp Network. Well, the Pony yeah, Pod. Yeah, I, meant, I meant that as a whole. Yeah, well, the Pony Pod is my actual show. No, I've I, I listened to it because you, uh, you had my boy Jacob Hayes on once. Yeah. I listened to that. Uh, and I listened to one other. Who did you have on? Uh, did you have Coop on one of them while ago? I've had Cooper on a few times, so yeah. I might have listened to that. Okay. Uh, I don't think it was Coop, though. I want to say it was somebody else uh, that I'm, I know. I'm reaching out, actually, to Jacob. I'm going to reach out to him and try to get him on Monday. I'm going to do my show Monday this week, thanks to Steve for fucking up the schedule again, um, because the race is Tuesday, which is my show night. I, yeah. I would typically move my show to Wednesday, but now Steve's doing a show Wednesday, and then I have to do the wrap-up show Thursday, so now i got to move my show to mo- my personal show to Monday. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Steve, for that shit, but... Uh, I'm going to try to, I think I'm going to ask Jacob to come on Monday uh, and see how he's doing. Cause I know he's been back yeah, on a bike. I, and, I just, I just saw him today. It was good. It was good to catch up. Yeah. He, he's a really good, he's a really good friend of mine, but, awesome. but no, that, that was, that was no diss towards you. I meant the no, I know. network. That, that's cool. what I <laughs> I get it. Totally. Um, all right. So enough talk about my show. Um, I want to touch on a couple things, just a couple random topics and we're going to get into Chad Reed real quick. Quick question. Just quick answer. Uh, Dave, you first Mathis asked the guys, Cooper or McAdoo, McAdoo, who do you got for the championship? Uh, pretty much all those guys said Cooper. Give me your answer, Dave. Oh, man, I'd have to, I'd have to go with Cooper. And it's not because McAdoo doesn't have the speed or intensity. I think Cooper just is a little bit more seasoned at being a guy who was considered a, a title threat. Okay. It, was, it wasn't until this year that McAdoo was like, you know, he can, he, we, we think he can do it before he's been a, you know, best of the rest kind of guy. Sure, I sure. Think, I think in terms of, Cooper's got the experience to get it done. Okay, so you agree with with the group, the the pulp yep. show guys. Uh, how about you, yeah. Seth? You on board? Yeah, yeah. I got I got to go with Justin on that one um, for two reasons. One, uh, I need to disagree a little bit with Dave on that one, um, just simply because I've I've known Justin since he's a little kid, and I've seen him uh, I've seen him during the week riding a lot, and I I don't think McAdoo can match his raw speed. Um, mm. His raw speed and intensity is in my opinion, on that coast, unmatched. My right. my uh, concern, which was exposed there in rounds two, three, four, is, you know, he wasn't able to execute that. You know, get a bad start in the main? No, he can't ride clean laps. He can't put in the lap or, you know, ride at the speed he wants to because he's trying to come through the pack. And then he gets frustrated and mistakes happen. And then it's, you know, kind of a domino effect. But in my opinion, and this is no, no diss at, Cameron, because he's came a long way and he's made leaps and bounds improvement, especially from last year to this year. I mean, he's legitimately a championship guy. Um, but in my opinion, like Justin's almost thrown it away more than Cameron's won it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, um, I, I see that. Um, but moving forward, I, I, yeah, I, I got to go with Justin, man. I just don't okay. think anyone can match his speed. And it's really the only person that's going to beat Justin is Justin. I, I think you're probably right. Uh, I hope they keep it close, but I think you're right. 
I'm going to also agree with the guys and say uh, Justin Cooper. Um, I wanted to sort of touch on Chris Kiefer saying that he lost a sponsor because of Steve. But then at the same time, I don't – I have some ideas. I have some things that I heard that could be the case, but I don't know. Maybe That might be a touchy subject. <coughs> since they didn't really get into it, we'll just gloss over that. But maybe we'll find the answer out at some point. Um, hey, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers, uh, seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. All right, uh, let's get into some Chad Reed talk. Um, Dave, Chad Reed, a good guest? Awesome guest. Awesome Awesome guest. Seth, yeah. you agree? Yeah, that that interview was really really good. I always uh, I have a lot of time for Chad. I have a lot of respect for him, and okay, think uh, I think now especially that he's not racing anymore. Um, very very honest and open interviews. I was a big fan. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I have come over the years to not enjoy his interviews. Usually, this one I was a little skeptical. But like he came in hot, he was like, "Oh God, here we go with the same conversation for the last ten years." Because they're talking about Roxon and Cooper and needing to be aggressive, and he's like, "Man, I'm so glad I don't like don't have to listen to this anymore, basically, or be asked these questions anymore." Uh, he hasn't missed the shit. Um, and but here we go. Listen, the the big question for me, and I think for most listeners, was like, "Is Chad going to race Supercross?" Steve asked the question. Here's what we got. You rode Soupy. A little while ago, we saw on social. How'd you feel? How how'd it go? Uh, okay, so I have to be honest. Um, I was actually let's put it, let's word it. Okay. My kids and my wife really, really wanted me to race. It'll be fun, you know, for the kids to be able to go, and they have this new appreciation. Like, I don't get it. It's actually frustrating because you know, <laughs> for ten years, my eldest hated motorcycles or anything about them and then now you know everything's moto we're gonna go pro moto we're gonna go pro bmx everything two wheels my kids <laughs> love right now yeah so then so here we are like my kids know everyone and like they're like rooting for people and they've got favorites and what happened when dad was racing <laughs> like you couldn't even you couldn't even stay awake through a heat race dad's gonna have to go to work you know like it's gonna be hard <laughs> and then next minute everyone just leaves and I'm by myself, <laughs> and I'm like, this really isn't that fun. You always knew, like, you always understand, like, it, you have to be so unbelievably selfish as, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, like, I felt like I knew that, but I didn't know it to this extent. Like, you have to, like, you literally just have to be one-track mind. I just couldn't, like, I couldn't find that rhythm where I could get my work done and then I could spend the time with the kids riding and and BMXing and all those kinds of things. And so then I end up just being like, guys, I'm I'm out. I'm out. I'm (laughs) done. I'm bailing. And and they're just like, what do you mean you're out? And I'm like, (laughs) I I don't want to do it. Like, like, I didn't understand that dad had to like basically turn life off and, and just do one thing. All right, I Seth. don't miss the racing side of it at all. So yeah, I I was gonna race Atlanta in this this next three races, but I'm out. <laughs> That's awesome. I quit. I love it. It's but, awesome. That's but awesome. I think, 
Oh, I thought that piece of audio was over. Seth, I'm going to go to you first. But to me, I was surprised by this interview. Like, this was, as you said, a very honest Chad Reed, like, personal life-wise. He's like, man, my family is coming first. I didn't realize how selfish you had to be. Like, it, it has hit home now that he's been home. And I just thought this was a very personable interview with him. It wasn't the racer Chad Reed. It was just the, the human Chad Reed. Yeah, it was really nice to hear. And uh, <clears throat> to be honest, any interview with any current racer, anyone that's in the, you know, in the midst of it, you kind of have to anything they say, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because they are trying to say the right things and, you know, be politically correct and blah, blah, blah. And just kind of um, not not dive too deep, you know, and, um, and that's to be expected. But when someone's had a career like Chad has and um, now he's in my opinion, very, yeah, very honest and open and, and not afraid to, uh, to say what's on his mind. Not, not that he ever was when he raced, but now it's, I guess, um, just, uh, exploited a little more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you, you got to respect that. I, I thought it was a great interview and, uh, it's kind of funny cause I've had a few conversations with Chad. Um, um, I'm really good friends with, uh, Ben Shearmeyer, who's still working for Chad. Um, so I kind of, have known what he's up to here the last, you know, since we last seen him race and, uh, we stay in touch often. He lives, uh, like two miles from where, where I used to live in North Carolina. So, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends and stuff. And yeah, I was actually talking to him about the Atlanta thing and when he was in Florida, um, riding supercross. And, uh, it, it's, it, it's kind of funny because that interview was exactly the same things he was telling me privately. So oh, it nice. was cool to hear, it was cool to hear how, uh, how open he was about that. And, and to be honest, I really wanted to see him race Atlanta. I thought it was going to be cool. Um, and yeah, I was a little bummed when he decided not to, but you know what? I, I that guy can't, you got to back on any, any choice he makes at this point. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody did not want to see him race. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that was, yeah, everybody would be I, stoked. I just, yeah. I, I thought it was a little fitting. Like last year at Salt Lake, how the season ended with no fans or anything like right. that. We were at that one track. I think it was before the final round at salt lake um a bunch of us were up at that one the flying iron horse ranch everyone oh, rode yeah, yeah. and him and ellie were out there and I'm, I'm like dude why are you lying to everyone he's like what do you mean i'm like you're not done don't say you're done like i know you you're not gonna you're not gonna call it in, in these circumstances and he's like he's like no dude i'm i'm done and i'm like no there's no way and then i talked to him out of this was probably two months ago now and he's all gung-ho about atlanta i said i told yeah. you I told you I ain't done. So he almost <laughs> proved me right. He almost, I, I wanted him to race just to prove me right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, he's got nothing proved to anyone at this point. I just think it would be fitting as far as having fans there. You know, I think he, he deserves a farewell. Um, as do the you know, same thing with, with, with James, James deserved a farewell that he never mm-hmm. got. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be cool to see him race, but at the same time, uh, it's also cool to see him, uh, you know, just hanging out, maybe with a beer in his hands, watching the race. You know, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know that you're proved wrong just yet, though, because Dave, he did say, "I turned forty next year. I could, I still want to make a main or make a main at forty. There's a chance, Dave, that he comes back for a race or two to try to make that happen. I mean, like, surely, even Kiefer said, like, you're going to make the night show, right? I mean, I see him. I think he's not. I don't think he's done either. I agree with Seth. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I can't see him just not doing that. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's not coming out and doing like, hey, I'm gonna do one one stint, one one small residency, or even just one race. Like you said, like I think Atlanta would have been perfectly fitting. Yeah. Um, 
deal, just like just like Seth mentioned. But uh, no, I I think it'd be it'd be super cool. I'll, I have a question for Seth. So Seth, uh, I went out to to flying um flying Iron Horse a couple of years ago for uh, the James Stewart shoot the Red Bull Straight Rhythm deal. What did you think about that track? Wasn't it like the most scenic track in the world? Like it was crazy, right? It it was epic, man. The the location, yeah. the the track conditions, everything, and um, I'll be honest, it's not often these days I have an itch to ride a motorcycle anymore. Oh, that's sad. Um, and uh, and that day I was jumping, and I'm like, man, if yep. if someone had some extra gear, I'd jump on a bike. But <laughs> at the same time, there was there was like 20 pros there, so I'm like, ah, you know what? I probably embarrass myself. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know that yeah. feeling. Uh, I did like like. You know, it, racing has always been business for Chad, right? And we've heard JT say many times he's not having fun out there. And he kind of talked about that. And, and Seth mentioned it. Sorry, he was in Florida. He was riding with the boys, the, the Lawrence brothers. Uh, I think Jason Anderson, uh, maybe Joey Savacci, I think he mentioned. I can't remember who all, all he mentioned. And he was having fun. And then the boys left to go racing. And he said, this is not fun anymore. So yeah, I think we're we we finally have seen a different Chad Reed. It's finally settled in uh, that hey, it's I'm sort of at the end of my career. I it's not if it's not fun, it's not worth it. But I still think, like I said, I think he'll come back at least for one. Hopefully, we'll see that, and maybe by then, maybe JT will be unblocked on Twitter, and <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. All right, Chad Reed's a big guest, guys. Like he's he's a big get in my opinion, like a McGrath, um, Dave. Who is somebody who would be the biggest guest for you for Steve to get? Like the next, if he, you know, I think show 500 is coming up. Is Yeah, what are we on? We're on 460. So 500 is coming up next year, I think. Who would be a big guest or a big show for you? Oh, man. I probably should have given you a heads it. up on this. <laughs> um, honestly, I would love to hear, obviously, like James Stewart is all, everyone wants to hear the, you know, the story of like, Hey, why did you walk away the way you did? Perfect what do you answer. think the sport owes you? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like that would, that would, as, as a huge James Stewart fan, that would be so big for me. Um, I think like a Jason Lawrence would be really cool too, man. Just mm. hearing like all the, all the crazy stories of what he used to get into and why he got into all this trouble and uh, what his take on, what his take was on the sport and all, you know, how it, it went. So I guess quote unquote corporate and he refused to, to go that route, I'd love to hear that. Um, yeah, I think those two guys. Those man, are fantastic um, answers. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely to love to hear that. that. Yeah, that, I don't. <laughs> I can't think of anybody better. All right, let me ask you this, Dave. Um, because you you run the Collective Experience, which is a uh, a way for fans to get involved with privateers, go to the races, help them out. Um, yep. Do you do you appreciate it more? Like I've asked this before, would you rather have a show with Tomac and Kenny and let's say Jet Lawrence, or would you rather have the privateers who need the exposure or does it, or does it really not matter as long as the content's good? Um, I would say as long as the content's good, but I, I will say you're probably going to get 80 to 90% of that coming from the privateers. They're, they're a lot more unbuttoned, a lot more open. And that's kind of why I like working with them. Like, you know, almost primarily for the programmers because they're, they don't really have that many agendas where you get a, you get a factory guy. They've got so many, they're being pulled in so many places. Um, you know, their, their attention not really focused in this one direction. Their, their deal is, you know, I'm a, I'm a corporate representative. I have to win races. I've got this and that and this where you grab uh, a Ray or AJ or somebody, 
they'll shoot the shit with you all damn day. They all right. really want to do is just have fun and ride their dirt bikes. So um, I will say there are very few select factory guys that I would like. I would love to sit down with them because I think they would bring that personality through. I was able to hang out with uh, with like you know Jet Lawrence and a few other guys like a Forkner and and uh, stuff like that. And those guys kind of have like a little bit of personality that comes out when you talk to them and might be sure. kind of cool. But um, yeah, I, I'd say it really it would kind of just depend on, on the person, you know. Okay, uh, Seth, do you have somebody that would fit that? Like they, Bill, that you would love to a top guy, a top show, a top guest that Steve could get. I actually thought of um, too. <clears throat> I mean, it's hard to top James or yeah. or J Law. Um, with that being said, I think there's a reason those guys, you know, ha- aren't that available or, or open to do interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, my opinion, it's like uh, I just feel like they're not ready or or or, or what you know what. Uh, you know, or whatever the reason may be, but, uh, which is, is kind of sad, but yeah, I mean, those, those would be two great guests. Um, another guy that, um, and this is just for somewhat of a personal connection I have with him. I think a story that needs to be told or, uh, he might still be writing it is, is Stroop. Um, Oh, good one. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I've, I've known Austin for a number of years and, uh, still keep in touch with him a little bit. Cause again, he's, you know, North Carolina guy. Yep. Um, so I kind of know what he's up to now, you know, not to the full extent, but I would love to hear him, uh, kind of tell his story and what he's up to now. And, and, you know, if he, uh, what, I guess what, what life has in store for him here in sure. the future, what he plans on doing. I, I think Stroop would be not that he was obviously, you know, wasn't on the level of James or didn't win a title like J-Law, but he was, one of the baddest dudes with a very bright future and uh, yep. his story went, went really sideways and I, it's, it's recent enough to where I think a lot of people would be interested, you know, absolutely. there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of Stroop type stories, but Stroopy. Um, there's so long ago. I think that the current age group might not really resonate with it. Yep. But Stroop is still, yeah. still recent enough. And uh, I, I know from some local guys back home, man, if he still gets on a bike, he can still smoke anyone at a local race. So right, he's right. still, uh, he's still very much, uh, very much valid in the 2021. Man, great answer for, answers from both of you. I actually yeah. just thought of like, I was thinking just because of the way their relationship is, is like to get Jason Anderson on or, um, Man, my mind blanked. I had somebody else too, but like, or Justin Hill Two guys, you know, Justin just kind of yeah, disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Justin. Yeah. He's another one. Um, yeah. Again, I've I've actually talked to him a little bit. So again, I know yep. what he's up to, but I know the general public would 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 want to hear that. Um, yeah. Another another guy too. I actually grew up racing against and have a lot of respect for. And um, same thing here. Like I, I've you know know him quite well, but I think a lot of people would be interested to hear what he's up to these days. Is Ian Treadle? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. See, man, Steve, wow. see, Steve can't retire. There's just way too much to cover. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Man, Stroop is such a good a good one to, to call out. Imagine, like, I just remember how captivating it was watching him come onto the pro scene after Loretta's and the oh, way he rode. It, he, he, yeah. yeah, dude, he gave, he gave me almost flashes of like when James first went pro mm-hmm. because yeah, he was 100%. all over the bike, uh, you know, all over the bike. I'm on, on that new that new four stroke cowie that you know new to that year. Yeah, and like the guy just looks so so flashy, so exciting to watch. And man, that just to be able to hear that story of like you know his his POV on going pro and the downfall of everything, everything he went through, that would be that'd be phenomenal, man. I yeah. would love that. It's funny, uh, Seth. After your sound check, I think you mentioned Justin possibly becoming a sheriff on that sound check, correct? I think that's where. That... Uh, I I no, actually, I don't think I did. Was that but, not you? Yeah, 
No, I don't, I don't think so, but that okay. is what he's in the process of doing. Yeah. Some, I thought that's where I had heard it first, but anyway, hmm. I actually reached out to Justin because I mean, we have a decent relationship and he was supposed to come on my show before Supercross once he got his deal signed. And obviously something happened. It never worked. And he's just like, dude, I owe you one still. I'm going to come on your show and I'm going to tell you what happened, but he's in the process of doing some stuff. So it's still a little ways off, but yeah, I think, but I look, I always admit I'm not as good at this as Steve is. I think Steve would get a lot more out of Justin than I will. So maybe, you know, hopefully that bridge can be mended at some point and we'll hear, hear that happen as well. Um, let's move on though. Um, look, Robbie Wageman came on the show and his brother RJ had to call in two true privateers. I, I love these guys. Uh, Robbie just won the 252 stroke world championship, quote unquote. Um, I, I love the fact that he's like, Hey, he wasn't even going to race, right? Dave, he just shows up, uh, yes. you know, uh, JG got hurt. So he gets a chance to ride a bike. He's never rode. No. He hadn't been on the track. I don't think he said, I think he said he didn't get a sight lap as I recall, just goes out and practice? races and kills it. These guys are true privateers. Um, and, and JT, just real quick, JT was mentioning jerky during that conversation. If you guys are listening and don't know, the Wageman brothers own our jerky, eatourjerky.com. They sell this beef jerky, which is fantastic. I'm literally eating some of the seven deuce do stuff right now. Um, he, and, and it supports their racing. So guys go check out and they're, they're a, they're a supporter sponsor of Pulpamex and the fantasy side of the, the website. So go support those guys. But Dave, just a really cool story. He wasn't on very long, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the fact that he came off the off the couch pretty much and yeah. and raced a, a bike that he he's never raced before, and then yeah. won, and it was a two stroke race. Like there's yeah. like so many different layers to the story of, of how epic this was, man. It was it was super cool, and it's like he wasn't racing slow guys either. These were like everybody was really really good there, and on a gnarly track too. So like what a what a cool freaking story. Stuff that like you and I would never be able to do in our wildest no. imagination. Hell no. Coming off the couch, riding someone else's two-stroke, yeah, and then this 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 flat out winning it like that's like stuff that dreams are made of, man. Absolutely. And, and Seth, um, I don't know. He rides for uh, Team Solitaire, Solitaire, Nuclear Blast, Yamaha, and this is one of they're a team that not a lot of people know about, right? They don't get a lot of people in the pits going hanging out at their pit at their pit. But if you don't know this, and you may know Seth, dude, it's one of the coolest pits because. They're sponsored by Nuclear Blast. If I'm not mistaken, is a metal record label. Like yep. every year, they gave me a give me a CD with all this metal music, and I like I fucking love going over there. <laughs> no way! I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that's what Nuclear Blast was. Actually, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah I'll have um, to, I'll get you a copy, or I'll, I'll hit those guys up because I've got all three, or like the last three CDs, and it's it's just all this hardcore metal. And there's some stuff that's not so hardcore, but it's 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 the kind of stuff that you and I like. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually didn't know that. I'll have to get get one and listen to it. But uh, I need to give Robbie full props right now. Um, I know RJ a little bit. Yep. Um, but to be honest, I don't even know what Robbie looks like uh, without his helmet on. I could not even pick him out. Um, I've just seen him obviously the last few years, and uh, you know, normally he's obviously a West Coast guy. Yeah. Um, yep. But after the first Orlando round and I had this conversation with a few people after the first Orlando, I said, Hey, uh, who is the most improved rider from last year to this year? And 
everyone's kind of guessing and giving me answers. And I'm like, no, dude, Robbie Wageman. And then everyone I asked said, dude, you're right. I mean, he came out of Orlando. I remember watching practice. I did not know who number 69 was. I had <laughs> yeah. to actually, yeah. I had to Google who it was. <laughs> yep. And he looked incredible. I mean, he was one of the first guys to jump all the rhythms. He looked like one of the top guys. And I, I don't remember the heat race that well, but I remember the main event. He was just a solid top 10 guy. I mean, he looked really, really good. And like I said, I don't know him at all. I've never really paid that much attention to his career. But from my memory, for the last couple of years, he was like a, a bubble main event guy. He was like struggling to make mains. And I don't know what he did from last year to this year, but he he looks really, really good. He's taken a massive step up. So full props to Robbie Wageman. I don't really know what he does for you know, who he trains with, who he rides with. I have no knowledge of that guy's program whatsoever, but whatever he's doing, uh, I, I, I wish him, you know, all the success and to keep, keep at it. Cause he really impressed me. Awesome. I love it. Um, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers are the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection, so enter the code PULP25 to save 25% off at sealsavers.com. Okay, here's what I want to talk about now is I ask this every week. There's all these different segments every week. There's the motorsport tweet at tits or talent. There's ex-brand tear-offs, future headlines sometimes. There's game shows sometimes, tits versus tits. Whatever. Um, Dave, what is your, do you have a favorite segment? Something that, you know, voicemails, emails, something that you look forward to every week or, and, or do you have one that you can't stand? Oh, take either, oh, either one. Man. Give me one. I'd say it's a tie for my, for my two like favorites. I, I, I love, I love the tear off like that. That segment is, is, is awesome. Um, the voicemails are also pretty damn funny. There's been some, some over the, like the past couple of years, that dude, I am. I'm literally. I used to listen to it at work. Yeah. Whenever we were in the office, and I'm like trying to hold in the laughter during a meeting, dude, because like I can't stop like you know thinking about that one caller, like sure. that crazy lady who would call like you know at all hours of the night or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those are those are probably my two favorite. I don't think it's really a segment that I I don't really like that much. Um. Future headlines not my favorite, and uh, keep it dark. Sometimes it's like it gets a little like. Come on, who does not know this answer, dude? Like, <laughs> okay. it, it, it gets a little, a little cheesy for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, they're all, they're all pretty solid. It's funny that you say voicemails because they were back this week, and I generally don't like the voicemails because that's where I get all the shit, the hate. But there wasn't any <laughs> oh, this no. week, so I was okay, okay with them. But you, you talking about the funny voicemails about? God, it had to be two months ago. You remember the mm-hmm. caller that had Kawasaki's problems figured out? His '86 Honda was. So plush that voicemail, like I was in tears on that voicemail and I literally cut it and I sent it to Kranz and Shanty and I said, Hey, you guys are fit. We, we got your problem fixed. And Brian Kranz sent me back. He said, man, I played it for all the boys at Kawasaki. We were all laughing. So I agree with you. They can be funny except for where they shit yeah. on me. Um, what about you, Seth? You got a segment you like or don't like? Um, <clears throat> Uh, I, I'll start with what I don't like, and I don't know if this is a particular segment, uh-huh. but it seems to have been a common theme the last few weeks since, um, what's the NASCAR guy's name? Rutledge. Yeah. Um, Rutledge Rut- would. Since he was on, this seems to be a common theme on the show. And I'm 
so burnt out on hearing it is the people complaining about him and then <laughs> people complaining about I, I guess that did stem from the voice sounds right guys complained about lee diffie yeah uh, yeah there was and, one of those la- uh monday night i have that in my notes um it, it just yeah. seems to be a constant reoccurring theme it was this email. Whole season it, yeah it seems to be a, a constant reoccurring thing this, this whole season about people bitching about the commentators. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to fully agree with Keith on this one. Like, dude, are you not watching the race? Exactly. Like, I'm so, I'm so enthralled with the race. I do not know what they're saying, nor do I really care what they're saying because I'm watching you know, what these guys are doing, what their lap times are, where you're losing time, where you're making time, this battle, that battle that I could watch a race on mute and be just as excited. Sure. Um, I agree. So the, I don't care who is commentating the race. Like people, Used to bash RC. Now they love RC, and <laughs> Emig lost. Emig lost his job, and I thought Emig was fantastic. I didn't see anything wrong with him. Uh, and if it was up to me, I'd bring back Art Eklund and David Bailey. You oh, know what nice. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I mean, those guys. That's just kind of burned in my brain from when I was a kid watching so many races. So I guess that's what resonates with me. But the this day and age, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't give two craps who announces the race. So yeah. I'm kind of burnt out when hearing about that. So okay. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a particular segment. So I don't know if that really answers the question. It's a reoccurring topic. But, I'll give you that. But but I'm really burnt out and hearing about who commentates the race. I really don't care. Okay. Um, I'm across that out of my notes. We won't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> a favorite segment. I do like the. Uh, uh, what's the, what's the thirty second answers? Is it rapid that's fire? That's brand tear-offs. Yeah, the tear-offs. I, I love that. Yeah, okay. It's just quick to the point and. Um, sometimes, you know, Mathis and JT, they love to get in arguments that last 15, 20 minutes. So that the tear off, and even that can still happen in the tear off segment, but sure. for, the, for the most part, it's just quick to the point, get your answers. Okay, move on. I, okay. I, I like that. And it's like for the guy that's getting, having the question asked to him makes you think quick. Like, okay, basically first thing comes to mind answer, you know, I like it. Yeah, uh, for so, sure. So I, I, I like that. Okay. I, I operate, I operate pretty fast. So everything I do. Um, so for me to like, yeah, to listen to two people argue for like 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, I, I, we get it enough. Like, uh, what was, uh, oh, the, the rhino knee brace thing. Yeah. It's like, dude, <laughs> we didn't need to argue about that. Like, <laughs> I'll cross yeah, that like, out of my notes as well. No, like, no, I, I love rhino. I respect rhino, yeah. but like at the same time, like take it for what it's worth. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I actually, I'll agree with key. I'll jump on Kiefer with this one. I agree with him. Like let Rhino do what he does. Yeah. You know, we're open the box. As he said, Pandora's box. Right. Like I, 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 I love watching Rhino's videos. I think he's great. Do I take everything he says as fact? No, but I think Rhino's a very smart guy, a lot of knowledge. Um, and there are certain things he says that resonate with me. I'm like, you know what? I can get a, I can be on board with that. Okay. Well, I think that was a, a very, Detailed answer, and I appreciate that. Uh, and as far as X-Brand goes, you guys listening, you know the Lucids are out. I got to wear mine for the first time this weekend when I went and rode. They are fantastic. So hit up xbrand.com, or you can even email me at my personal email, darksidemx3 at AOL. Uh, if you're out here in the East Texas, Oklahoma, anywhere around this area, area, uh, I'm an X-Brand rep, and I have a stock of Lucids. So hit me up, and we'll we'll get you set up. Proud sponsor of the Pulp Mech Show as well as my show. Uh, but the reason I always bring up the segment question with my guests, my favorite segment, if you guys listen to this, you know it's the Race Tech Rant, Pulp Code 21, Pulp 21 to save. Let's We got, we had some good ones this week, at least I thought so. I, I would like to rant, Dave, a little bit. I was going to have my own about 
schedules and being on time, but that might be a sore subject tonight. So we're going to skip that. Let's listen. <laughs> no, to what's... You, you can go. You can go for it. No, I'm I just busting your balls, Seth. But let's listen to what Steve had to say. What his 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 rants are usually the best. Here we go. I just want pockets. Oh, in come on. My mountain bike gear. Why don't you wear shorts with pockets? I just want... You're the man with all the pockets and all the shorts. I've never seen anybody that can carry more things in his pockets. I know. And I know, but I can't you. wear cargo shorts on a mountain bike. Why not? Uh, on, a, on a mountain bike Why not? ride. Why not? Wear spandex under. with pockets? My, sh- my shorts had pockets today. I agree with Steve. You need pockets on your you, jerseys. You, you need pockets. That's really far away from anything that I do. The cost of a zippered pocket, JT, is uh, uh, $2? Understood, understood, but I think Put it in. I think the concept was to have the shorts in uh, the pockets in the shorts. Every bib should have a little tiny pocket for your credit card, for your keys, for something. I don't understand these cycling companies, and it's not just Fly, but, but a lot of it's Fly, and I've been bugging Max and JT for years. They used to make pockets. They had older models with pockets because I had one one time. I'm going to get you the answer. This week, you will. Why we don't? Yes, I'm going to get. To, I'm because I can't take it anymore. Somebody found my keys in my uh, bed. That, can thing. I? That's my rant. Okay, hold on. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. What am I going to do with them? Put them in. I'm not going to pockets. Hold on. I knew I was going to go with it. I'm gone. If I'm a thief, I'm like, well, this guy might have a magnetic key because he's no. out bicycling. Let do me just think... let me just run my hand here. Oh, look, here's my here's I'm my razor right blades under there. Okay. I took Pookie. I gave her a bunch of fly racing jerseys. And said, take these to a seamstress and get a pocket put in. Like, how much is it? Like Betsy Ross? <laughs> What's Betsy Ross? <laughs> she made the first American flag. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's probably why you failed your... Uh... Great, great comeback. <laughs> you failed um, your American sister. So she took it around, and no one could do I it. I don't even know. Like, it seems like she's spinning on a wheel. Is she like at Dude, one of those medieval no, times know, places? Sonny. Have you ever got some, oh, you like a some in pants your yeah, I, I tailored? Do. Have you yeah, ever got, well, okay, then you know fucking know what I'm talking about. Pants tailored or t- pants brought in. or Yeah, I don't, that's you know. what FXR does for me. They tailor my shit. What's up? All right, Seth, since you're, you cycle a lot, and I damn sure don't, um, one question is, okay, is this a legit gripe? And two, when I do ride a mountain bike, I have one of those little bags that goes under your seat post. Is that, like, not considered cool or something? Well, I'm actually a little confused what he's talking about because I was trying to picture this. Like, what mountain bike gear is he talking about? Because anytime I cycle mountain or road, I just wear spandex, and every jersey has the pockets in the back. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm a little confused. Like, I know – only thing I can picture is if he's like the mountain, uh, like the what the downhill guys wear with like the loose shorts and the loose jersey, but the shorts have zippers or, or pockets. I'm very confused by that. I don't think I've ever seen a full cycling kit with no pockets. Okay, see, I w- I have no idea. I know most of the the like the mountain bike jerseys. What what Fly has as jerseys well, don't have pockets. They're just okay, a well. So that's that's what I'm picturing. So if you're in a full like the downhill mountain bike attire, yeah, the jerseys, yeah, the jerseys don't have pockets, but the shorts do. Okay. So so I'm confused by that. Why doesn't he just put it in his shorts? Or uh, yes, the your baggy underneath the seat post. Just put your keys in there. And I, I don't see the issue. Okay, so that's how I felt, but I was like, okay, I'm not really a cyclist, so maybe what I do when I ride is just like not the cool thing. What do you think, Dave? Do you have any thoughts on this topic? 
Yeah, so I I absolutely love both disciplines. I'm a roadie and I okay. love, you know mountain biking. So yeah, like just like Seth said, like when I'm on my you know my trek my road bike, I've like your spandex jersey has pockets in the back, so you're fine. You know really. But when I uh, I told you that I tend to biff it a lot and uh, on the mountain bike, so um, I don't really want my keys or my phone on me. Like he, he's complaining about not being able to take them with me. I'm like, why would you want them with you? If I had my phone on me. And my keys, I'd come back all bloody and beat up, and my phone would be cracked, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I tend to put mine, I, I, I wear a camelback when I'm doing, you know, some cross-country stuff um, and some relatively looser um, looser stuff. So I I don't agree with Steve, man. I'm like, I don't want anything on my person that can stick me when I hit the ground. I'll put it all in my backpack or camelback, or I'll leave it in the truck at the trailhead and just do my ride and keep a buddy with me, and we do the buddy system or something like that. So having my that, keys and <clears throat> phone and stuff on me just sounds like a nightmare that that's actually a great point because i try to go i'm a minimalist i try to carry as little as possible with me whether it's yeah. road road or mountain but being realistic mountain your chances of crashing are higher um right. so if i'm doing a chill mountain bike ride and i need to take my you know phone and keys or whatever like i you know like i said i always have pockets but if i'm doing something gnarly uh 90 of that time i'm with people so uh, to be honest i would just i'd I'd figure out a place to leave them safely. Or if I can't do that, I would just risk getting my truck stolen. <laughs> I would just yeah. risk it. Well, I guess yeah. Steve was lucky his truck wasn't stolen. I mean, at least his thief was relatively nice. He took the twenties, left the three dollar, three one dollar bills. Uh, I mean, you know, I left Steve enough money to you know use a payphone if he could find one. I mean, I don't know, but he he got lucky on that deal. Uh, Kiefer was kind of mad about it. Always entertaining, though. That's why. I, that's why I love the rants. And it sounds like both of you guys think his rant was ridiculous, which makes it even better. Um, Chris had a pretty good. This was this one hit home for me. Let's listen to Chris's rant. What's yours? You not putting your fucking seatbelt on when we drive, and the ding, 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 all the way to the fucking mountain bike place. <laughs> hey, can you put your seatbelt on? Nope. It's a Steve. Nope. Because I knew it would drive you crazy. So no, like, you. Every time we go somewhere, I've not said anything, and it does it. And you, it's what that's your that's your that's your move. You, he, hey, he did do today what you said he was going to do. It was like, you guys ready? Okay, thank you. Told you. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's his. Move I'm too. trying to shift and figure out how this thing works. That's what this guy does. That, yeah. Oh, I'm so, so a little tired today. I've been going hard, <laughs> and then get to the get to the to the trail. <laughs> Fucking gone. gone. Like this dude has <laughs> boulders everywhere. Homeboy has the ding, 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 ding all the way on the fucking drive. <laughs> and he's talking like there's nothing going on. Right. I don't even hear it. It's like just. Oh, uh, my God. That, I am for sure uh, uh, just tuned it up. Like, this you is know, ambient noise yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, first time I'm noise. looking around. Oh, I put, okay. I put my seatbelt on. Yeah. Second time it goes off, I'm looking around and right. I see him. Yeah. yeah. He's got and shit blinking at him. Shit's eyes are popping up Trump's on the dash. yelling at you. Nothing. Loud noises! Dude. Just get some fucking pockets. For safety reasons, can you fucking put your seatbelt on? Okay, I will. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm can, sure Pookie can, would want your seatbelt on. Can you make on. some pockets in the fly racing stuff? <laughs> All right, Dave. So here, here's why this drives me crazy. I got a couple things on it. I'm a huge proponent of seatbelts. When I was five years old, my mom and I were rear-ended by a drunk driver. She wasn't wearing one, and I, I still can see her smashing into the windshield to this day. She's fine. I mean, she's alive, but it was still, it, it, it was traumatizing. So I work, I, where I work, we have a couple, bunch of work trucks. Two of the guys I work with are the same way. Oblivious to the fucking ding, ding, ding going on. I'm, we're driving around, maybe music's on or whatever, and it's constant ding, 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 and I'm being like passive aggressive, like giving them the hard stare, like what the fuck, dude? 
and they're just oblivious. It drives me insane, man. I fucking hate it. Oh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm driving with somebody Good. or they, or they get in my car and they don't, they don't immediately click. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it drives me insane. Cause yeah, every car has that same thing. And it, we all have that one asshole buddy who just <laughs> ignores it, who doesn't listen and will rag on you for the music you listen to, but he won't freaking mention the, the door ding. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I agree with Kiefer. Seth, where you where do you fall? Yeah, I one thousand percent agree with Kiefer, you nice. and Dave. Uh, I, I cannot stand the dinging and in my old truck it would ding for like a minute and then stop. So yeah. if I had someone with me that just refused to wear a seatbelt for the first minute, I'm like, okay, this thing's about to go off. The new truck I just got, it does not stop. Oh. And I had a buddy uh, from back home that came and came down for the first Orlando round and stayed with me. And anytime we went anywhere, he just would not put his seatbelt on yeah. every time. And I would have to remind him every single time. I'm like, dude, put that thing on. Like, not whether you want to wear it or not, I'm like kind of rhino with a neck brace, knee brace thing. It's up to you. But if it's dinging, no, just at least strap it behind your back. Just right, shut that yeah. thing off. You See, know, the, the dinging, the dinging annoys me way more than the safety factors. Safety factor, you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. But just please, the noise yes, needs to stop. Yes, I totally agree. Uh, and also with this one guy I work with in particular, well, here's the other thing. Where I work, because I work for a, a municipality, we're in conjunction sort of with the police officers. And if they see us without a seatbelt, they will tell our city manager. And we've been told many times, wear your seatbelt. If there's an accident, insurance won't cover you, blah, blah, blah. Wear your damn seatbelts. But these two guys still just will not put them on. And then they go, one of them goes, dude, if there's an accident, I've known people that have been thrown out of a car and that saved their life. Like, Do you realize how minimal that possibility is? Like, yes, it could happen. But in a minimal accident, a small accident, the seatbelt, it just fucking drives me crazy. Now I'm wound up. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go past that. I like the fact that Steve was wrong in both his, these rants. Um, I have a third rant where I think Steve is wrong. This is my actual rant. And this is based off of Rarick's badass, two badass sound checks. I want a fucking sound check. Steve says nobody cares. I know there's at least three people that care. There's got to be at least three people. I have good music. A lot of what Rarick picked is this type of stuff I'm going to pick. Steve says, oh, you're just going to listen like, hey, I think he thinks I listen to the same stuff Jericho listens to, which I do, but that's not my, that's not going to be my sound check. But he's like, you know, like Slayer and Cannibal Corpse, which is not what I listen to. I want a fucking sound check, Rarick. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think you deserve one. Thank I, you. Also, I don't, I don't know why. He doesn't do more sound checks. I'm not sure if it's a lot more work for him or, or what, or he thinks that some people don't have good taste in music. That's I don't what it really is. Know. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Not like, he does not like country, which I'm on board with that. And he does not like rap. And most of the, probably the guys racing motocross in the industry are into hip hop rap. And he just doesn't want, he can't relate to that. And, and, and he has nothing. So he doesn't feel like he could do a good podcast with that. And I think that's somewhat fair. Um, yeah, that, that that's somewhat fair, but I mean, I know a lot of guys that have great taste in music, and I've even recommended them to Steve, and I, he just doesn't seem to follow up on it. Um, right, and maybe I go ahead. No, go ahead. I was say maybe it is maybe with everything he's got going on, those aren't the you know maybe yeah, those are the ones that fall by the wayside, one. 
and maybe yeah. they don't get as many downloads. I don't know, but man, it's like, it's really a big deal to me. Like picking me, my song when I was in yeah. studio was, I thought about that. I think he told me maybe two months before I was, I went to Vegas that he was going to have me on. And I thought about it for days and days and days. Cause I had, I, I had like, well, do I pick my favorite song of all time? Do I pick a song that maybe other people don't know? Like, I, it, dude, it's, it's music is such a big part of my life. Oh, it, I, I want yeah. a sound check so bad. No, no, my, my, yeah, mine as well. I mean, anytime a sound check comes out, I, I'd, I'd much rather listen to that than anything moto related. Yeah. Um, well, hell, that's how I reached big, out big to you. I finally reached out to you because of your sound check. I was like, oh shit, you know, and they, they, I love all this music. And I told you to check out the winery dogs. I've told Steve to check out the winery dogs because the singer guitar player, Richie Kotzen, sounds so much like Chris Cornell. Anybody that likes Chris Cornell, I think, would like the Winery Dogs. And it's got freaking um, Billy Sheehan on bass. Who Billy? If anybody knows music, Billy Sheehan played in like Steve Vai's band. He was in yeah, yeah. Mr. Big. And then Mike Portnoy is on drums, one of the greatest drummers of all time. It's a great band, but, but not a lot of people know about him. So, I don't know. Anyway, that's how I started talking to you is because of a sound check and because of my love for music and your picks were awesome. All right. It's enough ranting, enough sound checks. It probably be bringing it up is making it more, less likely that I'll get one. Let's, it's like every time they brought up Tesla to start Yamaha, the chances went down. Yes, exactly. Uh, we're, we're getting towards the end of this thing. Let's talk about the real drama of episode 460, and that is Stopwatch Heather. Um, okay, I don't know. Dave, did you watch the video after they did the, the little race? Kiefer's I, video. I did not watch the video. It's, it's in queue for me to watch it. Okay. How about you, Seth? Have you seen it? No, I actually didn't know anything about it till I listened to the show. Okay. Um, but I have thoughts on it. So All right. we'll get, well, to, we'll get to that. That's fair. So I'm going to tell you guys, I texted Kiefer the day after, I think, maybe two days after. It's like, how did it go? And he said, wait for Racer X. And like an hour later, the video was up on Racer X. And I don't know. That video might be 20 minutes long, 30. I don't remember. I probably got 10 minutes in. Once they got to the second set of motos and we're talking about it, I stopped. I was pissed. I was like, this is not possible. I don't buy this. And then, of course, listening, they did a podcast. Uh, I think maybe it was Coffee with the Keepers. No, they did a podcast with Aiden and talked about it. I think Heather screwed up. That's just what I think. Uh, I just don't believe it. Somebody actually made a good point on Twitter today, which kind of blew my mind because I never even allowed for this thought. She might have just screwed up on the first one. Maybe Aiden was faster every time. I never allowed for that because I was fully committed to Kiefer being better. Let's listen to a little bit of audio, and we'll be able to <laughs> we'll get our thoughts. I thought it would be cool to come up with some different content for Racer X. Aiden and I. Well, that bit you in the ass, didn't it? You can't do that, dude. Let me, well, let me set this up before you start yelling at me, okay? <laughs> let me set this up. So I thought it'd be cool to do a little father and son battle on two identical 250s because that's what he runs, and I think it's unfair for me to ride a 450 because I can beat him that way. Yeah. Aiden was faster than me two out of three motos. I feel like it's bullshit because the first moto, I beat him by two over two seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, okay? So is I'm it like, possible, though, you're older, you're getting tired? You're... No. So two seconds thinking, is quite a bit. I'm thinking two seconds. So the second moto, I go out, have a better ride, and I, my time is slower than my first moto. 
Aiden wins the second moto. And his magically found three and a half seconds. I'm like, okay, in my mind, I'm thinking, no. Nope. Hold on, I didn't Hold know on. this. Aiden even, Aiden, Aiden even looks over at me. He's like, he looks over, he's like, he thought he lost already because he's like, I rode like trash. Right. And, he, and mom tells him that he won. He's like, really? Third moto comes. I'm slower than my second moto. If I'm a judge, if I'm sitting here, <laughs> thank a lot you. Of circumstantial and evidence. I'm a judge. Like, what? What? What do I have to gain for cheating for Aiden? Nothing. What does Aiden have to gain? Nothing. You. I already asked you before we did this. Don't yell. Just counsel, calm. counsel. Do you, <laughs> counsel? Do Approach you the bench? Do you feel that this was uh, an error made uh, on purpose or a simple accident? Accidental error. I do not think she purposely okay. did this to to help Aiden. You're only two seconds faster than Aiden on your 450 in one moto. You guys had very similar lap okay. times. Because okay. at the first after the first time, I okay, Chris is gonna win this. Okay, and then I was like, getting more and more. Is there like going to be a punchline here? Why is Chris getting much so much slower? How is Aiden getting so much faster? What, what where's the divergence going here? I don't I didn't get it. And from that, we can now deduce Aiden would be the vet world champion. Is is if you have two riders on the track and one gets four seconds slower from the first moto to the third moto and one gets four seconds faster, that seems insane. <laughs> that seems. JT? I, I'm Don't not yell. using that word. I'm not going to yell. I want nothing to do with that word. <laughs> that seems... It seems, it seems <clears throat> interesting. Maybe he can go out and qualify for you for a national. This is Yikes. what I get at home. Yeah. This is the abuse. Yeah. Yikes, Dave. Okay. A lot to take in. First things first, I want to thank Steve, and I want to thank Chris and Heather for even allowing this kind of content. Because in a normal relationship, this could get very volatile, but they, they let themselves out there for our entertainment, for the show. So I appreciate the fact that we get to be a part of this. And it, listen to this. Where are you at on this topic? I feel like there was this mistake made somewhere. I just don't buy it. Oh, man. It's, and I love Heather. I love Heather. And yeah, they say, yeah, they she, say hi, by the way. Great. Uh, Seth, Chris and Heather say hi, by the way. Oh, I love, I love yeah. that family. They're great people. Go ahead, go ahead, yeah, Dave. Sorry, they're they're super cool, and uh, you know I'm I'm Team Aiden. I, I think he's super awesome. Um, I don't know, man. That's just so tough. Like Aiden, what had uh went to the Redders last year and the 125C, and then yep. Kiefer. It, people are saying the guy has like national caliber speed where he can at least qualify if he wanted to. I think mm -hmm. if he put some time into it, that's tough, man. That's tough to make that leap. Unless I could I could possibly see a track that they both ride where Aiden has a ton of laps that. Um, obviously the bikes, the bikes are set up very, very much identical, but, uh, that's still tough, man. Keeper knows how to ride. He knows his stuff. And I, honestly, the two seconds that he had on, on, uh, on Aiden, even that sounds like it's a little bit slim. It's like, man, I figure Keeper would be able to pull out a lot more because just the amount of seat time that guy gets, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think a mistake was made. I just don't know. Where I, I just I just want to blame Miss Keeper, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's, yeah. she's such a cool lady. So. Well, I I did kind of blame her a little bit, and Seth, before I go to you, so he did talk about it a little bit on Monday night, but he talked about it a lot more in detail on the podcast they did. That he's he's riding Aiden's bike, which is not, you know not set up for him. He hated the suspension on the bike, even after the first mode or after the they had a warm up practice first. And he made a bunch of adjustments, adjustments which made it better. But he was never comfortable on Aiden's bike. Uh, but so that that's one factor that we have to take into a, a account why 
maybe Kiefer wasn't better than he should have been. And then the other factor that really got me upset, Seth, was when you watch the video that they filmed that racer is up on Racer X. After so, what they did is they they go out, they show you a little a few clips of them riding. They come back. Heather tells them each their times and who who won or whatever. The second one, Aiden was like, "Oh, I was way worse. I was worse than the first one. I, I sucked or whatever. I got worse." And Chris was like, "I got better." But then when you got the times, that wasn't the case. That it was the opposite. That's where I was like, "No way, dude." If Aiden thinks yeah. he was worse, how could he be four seconds faster? Anyway, go ahead, Seth. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm not gonna. I can't say who was faster. I haven't sure. seen Aiden ride. I haven't seen Aiden ride in so long. So, I mean, I know Chris rips. I've seen him, especially these SoCal tracks. The dude hauls the mail, but I haven't seen Aiden ride in so long. It's very unfair for me to say, Oh, I think Chris would have been faster. That's not really a valid point, but I do know from, you know, following on social, Aiden's gotten a lot better in the last couple of years. And he won that Loretta's title. Um, so I'm assuming they're close in speed. Um, and it's hard for me to say Heather messed up because I need to have her back. Sure. But I will, I will say you cannot time on the iPhone. You cannot do that. Mm. I'm at the track every single day, every single day. I take guys lap times every single day. Perfect example today. Uh, I was at the track with Pierce. I left my stopwatch and, uh, and Carlos's toolbox yesterday. I was at the track with Coop. So it was just me and Pierce today. So I had no stopwatch. I had to use my iPhone. Cannot do it. Cannot do it. Okay. It's very, it's very, very, very easy to mess up, miss a lap or miss your point. Oh, you're going off the face of that jump. Oh shit. It didn't hit lap. Oh, let's get it in the landing and subtract two seconds. That's close enough. Yeah. No, you, you cannot time the iPhone. So me listening, and this is my opinion. I was taking her word for it. I'm like, yeah, man, maybe Aiden was faster. As soon as she said the word iPhone, it, nothing as nothing she said after that holds merit nothing that's good okay i i appreciate that insight because i i have made mistakes trying to get times with iphone or a phone in general before you, you can't you yeah. cannot use an iphone you need if you're using a stopwatch it needs to be the aim stopwatch yeah you can time four people at once um even other stopwatches i'm really uh i'm really picky about what my stopwatches i have my own but an iPhone is, uh, yeah, it's it's not valid. You can't do it. I mean, I mess up all the time on an iPhone, and I take a lot of times every single day. So, okay. yeah, I'm, uh, I can't say who I think was faster or who should have been faster or, or whatnot, but um, I feel like I should have Heather's back on this. But you know what? I'm not saying that she meant – she definitely didn't do it on purpose. I agree with but, that, uh, yeah. Need, need to get her a stopwatch, and yep. I think we need a redo. Right, yeah, and I and, – and Kiefer had mentioned Lit Pro – and I sent him a text. I'm friends with the guys that own Lap Kings, which is a similar type of product. I was like, dude, I'll get you, you know, and I know he has connections, but somebody can get him some stuff that takes perfect lap times. And that's what I think needs to happen for the rematch. Um, okay. So really, we don't have a whole lot left. There was a couple little things that we, uh, the Rhino stuff we sort of touched on, voicemails we touched on. Uh, Let's do motorsport read real quick. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, 
make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. I want to thank all the sponsors of the, the wrap-up show, Guts Racing, Seal Savers, Michelin Bicycle Tires, and motorsport.com, as well as all the sponsors of Pulpamex. If you guys want discounts, codes, go to pulpamexshow.com, click on the um, sponsor deals tabs. There's sponsor links. There's discount codes there. If you don't see the one that you think, you know, if, you, if there's a sponsor that you've heard him talk about and you can't find a discount code, use the contact for contact form on the website. And Steve will usually try to hook you up, get you some help if you can. Um, the last thing I want to talk about real fast is the grill your ass off Kiefer after dark. Seth, you're, you're still a single guy. I'm assuming, correct? I am. Yes, sir. All right. So this is going to go well with you, Dave, you're in a relationship. Uh, you were just letting your girlfriend in the door a little bit ago. So, but you can answer these if you want. Uh, the question, the first question, bald is beautiful landing strip or seventies full rug. What do you think there, Seth? Does it matter? Uh, neither man is 2021. Okay. What does that mean? I'm, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I don't know what that means. No. Yeah. Hair is a thing of the past. Okay, good, good. No rug. I'm down with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave. Oh, that's. That for me, uh, the seventies thing is out. Okay. If you got, if you got just a, just just a little little bit of a little bit of a landing strip, little something there, I'm cool with. Um, the ball deal, it depends on the chick, man. Some yeah. chick, it's like I don't want to. Uh, I get like preschool flashbacks. I don't want to. That, that's weird to me. <laughs> okay. But okay. Like, you know what I mean? I think it depends on the chick, but definitely for sure the eighties afro. If if it's worse than my beard, dude, you gotta go. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I used to listen to this radio guy in Tampa, uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of oh, him. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. So he's he's a Howard Stern esque. He was actually yeah. on Howard Stern's satellite ch- uh, channel when Stern first went to satellite, and he used to have this saying, "Bald Eagle Jones." Ba- so that's that's uh, that's yeah, Bald Eagle. I like it that way. Um, all right, you're hey, seeing this. Wait, this Go is ahead. off subject real quick. Okay, didn't, didn't that guy get in a lot of trouble or something? He did. What happened to him? Yeah, he got in trouble. Um, Hogan, Hulk Hogan was one of his best friends, and he was video and his chick. They had an open relationship, basically. His oh, wife at the guy. time, yeah, slept with Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Bubba yeah. had cameras hidden and was videotaping it. That got leaked. That was one of the things he got in trouble for. And then he's also been in trouble for all kinds of shit on the radio. Just just like Howard was, though. He just does Bubba did a lot of crazy shit on the radio. Um, which was okay. Yeah, as a as a little kid, I listened or I mean, I in the winters I would live in Port Charlotte, Florida, which yeah. is just south of Tampa. And the guy it was my dad's best friend. I would go in there and stay with him in the winters. And I'd be like nine, ten years old driving around with him listening to Bubba the Love Sponge. It's kinda That's I rough. probably shouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah I yeah. probably shouldn't have been, but it's kinda funny the things that like stick out in your memory from being a kid, you know? Yeah, I, I was a big fan when he first went to satellite with Howard. I listened to it when I I was actually driving a truck driving basically and I, I listened to that stuff all day and I liked it. He was a He's a big sprint car guy, which I grew up around sprint car racing, so I thought that was cool. But anyway, that's where Bald Eagle Jones came from. So I, I thought that was uh, that's 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 my pick. Seth, this one's going to be for you. Then uh, they brought this topic up of like, has the pandemic hurt single life dating, swiping right? Has it had any effect on your love life? Uh no, <laughs> <laughs> no. No, uh, I didn't no. think so. Yeah, we've we've heard the stories of at the at the weddings and you disappearing. So, <laughs> yeah, Seth is no, uh, no, no. Seth has, is has rolling strong, Dave. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I miss those days, man. I, I, I got <laughs> tweets today from some of our listeners. So one of our, one of our listeners, the Pulp listeners, a couple, they were on the wrap-up show recently. Jake and his chick, Jordan, He Jake kind of blew her out today. He's like, oh, Jordan's going to enjoy the guest tonight, Seth. She might leave a wet spot in her chair. This was on Twitter, so it can't be too much of a blowout. And yeah. Jordan got on there was like, oh, all right, thanks a lot, you know, and Anyway, so the chicks the chicks love Seth. I've I've found that. Heather loves Seth. I think Pookie loves Seth. All the chicks <laughs> seem to love Seth. I don't I don't know what it is, Dave. Ah, uh, I I don't the good looking dude, I'll give you that. The good looking dude. He's not um, basement, that's for that, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the it's the charisma or maybe he's got he's got some lessons he can teach us, you know. So he you know what? <laughs> I just thought of this. He's sort of like um like a Daniel Blairish, like Daniel's too good at too many things, and he's mm. he's a good looking dude. It kind of Seth the same way, right? He was a professional rider. He's a trainer. Yeah. He's a good looking yeah. dude. Like that's not fair. You know, you know what's kind of funny though is like I get a lot of shit. Like uh, not really, good, not, not not a lot of shit, but like uh, there's like an aura that I'm just like always yeah. in chicks and stuff. It's like I laugh it off. Like, I, I think it's, it's kind of funny because like the people that know me well, if you actually knew me, like, um, my day to day life is, uh, yeah, I'm not like that at all. Like I'm way more obsessed with getting up at 6am and going to cycle a century <laughs> rather than going out at night and chasing chicks. Right. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I laugh it off. I think it's funny. It's not really, I guess a, a, a bad or to have, but, uh, it, it's kind of funny. There's a time and a place for that for sure. Like, yeah, you know, off season, if you're at a wedding or a bachelor party or something for sure. But, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like my day, my daily life is like so regimented and strict and, and just kind of by the book, it's like, I'm, I'm an entirely different person than what people think. Okay. But at the same time, it's kind of like it that way. Cause I actually don't, I mean, I know a lot of people, but I don't get that close to many people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of laugh it off and someone brings it up. I just play into it like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, man. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I have my fun when when the time and place allow for it, for sure. Well, it, it makes again, it makes for entertaining discussions when Steve and the guys bring it up. Um, I think that's going to be a wrap for episode four hundred and sixty. If you guys have any questions, comments, any input, if you have any questions for a future Hello Pookie segment, I got to get back to doing some of those. Send those topics or questions or comments to darkside at pulpmx dot com. We'll get them on uh, day before we go. Do you have anything else? Uh, this is a, this is a fun one, man. This is uh, I I really enjoyed this episode, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just pumped to uh, pumped to be on here again, and I appreciate the time, man. Absolutely, Seth. You got anything else before we go? Uh, no, just just again, I just want to apologize for being late. Uh, I really didn't plan on doing that, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad I did this. I wish I could have been on for the whole call, but uh, yeah, like I said, had to had to take care of something real quick. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I could still make it and uh, chat it up with you guys. It was a good time. Absolutely. No apologies necessary. I think it turned out to be a really good show. I appreciate you guys. We will be next week, back next week. It will be a Thursday night wrap-up. Probably no audio because there is no time between Wednesday night and Thursday night for me to get that done. But I believe uh, it's going to be Dune Goon and producer Talon on the wrap-up show. So we'll be back next week. That's a wrap for episode 460. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?
Sophia and 